For me, my philosophy became opening doors, changing lives. So for every door I open, whether it be for a buyer or a seller, um, my goal is to, to somehow change a life. Hello, everybody. David Donaldson here for another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. I'm very excited to have with us today Beth Pretty of Pretty Properties. There's a little tongue twister for us from our KW Show Market Centers down in Midlothian. Beth, welcome aboard. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's nothing that gets me better to kind of tell the stories of the associates and agents that are with us. And as we get to know them and understand what they gave from this whole experience for us. And it's kind of cool because we had an event last week and I, I you meet people when you do things that you put yourself out there that started talking about listening to the different episodes and, and how we've been able to impact them through the stories of our agents. So I'm just glad to be able to have somebody else in front of us so we can keep telling and moving that story forward. Yeah, that's great. I've listened to a few of your, uh, many of your episodes and, and they're very thought provoking, motivational. I've, I've really enjoyed it, your podcast. Well, thank you. Uh, we, we try. And it was one of those things where we just, we wanted something to do and, and, and be a little bit different, but just kind of keep it business centric. And I feel like we've kind of done that. And as we wrap up this year, we look back into what we've done and where we're going next year. Like it'll just get better. And I'm kind of really looking forward to that, but continuously just kind of getting to the ground level, understanding that everybody's from somewhere and everybody's got a great story to tell. And storytelling is what keeps us interested. Right. So right. Why, don't, why don't we start with your story? Tell us a little bit about you and how Pretty Properties came to be. Well, I actually started out as a college administrator. So I spent almost 17 years working at colleges and universities across the country. I worked wow. at uh, Florida State University, University of South Dakota, East Carolina University. My last job, I was associate dean of students at the College of William and Mary for seven years. And, uh, and then fell into real estate just as the market tumbled in 2008. So Me too. So did I. Had I. A job, I had a job offer or I could jump into real estate. And I thought, well, what the heck? Let's, let's try out real estate. What could go wrong? And, um, and, and a lot went wrong in 2008. But, hey, it uh, didn't? Yeah, did yeah just a little bit. So my husband was very supportive and, and said, go for it. Um, I come from a, a family of, of business owners. And so I thought, what the heck, I'll give it a try. And it, it worked out for me. So, so we see you come from a family of business owners. And yes. from what happened? Uh, my parents, uh, well, my dad was a truck driver. And he delivered beer to some of the seedier places in Baltimore. He just caught everybody's attention right there. So we're yeah. good. Yes. Yeah. So if, if you're from the Baltimore area and you're familiar with the block, that was where my father delivered beer. <clears throat> and so he, 
he wanted to get out of that. And so my parents decided to open a liquor store. And so in the state of Maryland, liquor stores are privately owned, unlike Virginia. <clears throat> so they opened liquor stores. Um, and I think I was, this was the 70s. I was in third grade when they opened their first liquor store. And they involved me in the business at, at age eight. I was stocking shelves and helping with inventory. And by age 11 or 12, when the, the um, salesmen came in, I helped tell them how many cases of Jim Beam or Jack Daniels or how many cases of Paps Blue Ribbon or you know whatever we needed. Um, so they started me very young in the business, uh, learning learning the whole process. And um, so I always kind of had that bug from a very young age, I guess. You're like our very own Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So for those of you with Gary, he started up, he grew up in a liquor store doing some very similar things, but people watching and learning the business and learning and understanding sales, right? Yeah. And my dad, um, he was there at eight in the morning and he didn't leave till 10 o'clock at night. And he was a people person. He knew all of his customers and their stories and their families. And he never missed an opportunity to sponsor um, a little league team or to gift something to somebody or if somebody was on uh, having a tough time, he, he always reached in his pocket to help. So really, it wasn't so much the business aspect, but seeing my dad interact with the public and his, his compassion and his philanthropic nature is really what, um, what I took on and inspired me. And that's really a huge part of my business today. So he drove the community. Right, very ingrained. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and when they sold the business, um, a lot of people came and actually crying in tears when my dad did retire from, from the business and sold it because it, it very much was a, a family business. Wasn't so much about what he sold as how he made, you know, kind of had that cheers, the television show cheers, you know, when yeah. people came in, he knew everybody's name and he just sort of made you feel special. And so I, I try to incorporate as much of that as possible into my business. Um, and so, so much of our pretty properties is done by referral and, and I try to incorporate as much of that into my business to, to this day. I love that it came from there, right? Because I look back and I think, and we've told these stories and we think about about what we grew up with and that type of community of the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. And then it really did get lost for a little bit in the 80s because all the big box stores gobbled up all those community-based businesses for a long time, right? But it instilled in our generation a way to work with people. It, we may have been separated from that degree, but it was something that we grew up with and has always been in us, right? So now taking that to your business, you know of no other way how to treat people, right? So that table was already set for you. Yes, yes. So when I um, started in the business, uh, the real estate business, I immediately 
thought about, okay, I got, I need to have a philosophy or, uh, you know, I guess a lot of people will call it a tagline or I want, I wanted it to be a philosophy more than a tagline. So for me, my philosophy became opening doors, changing lives. So for every door I open, whether it be for a buyer or a seller, um, my goal is to, to somehow change a life. And so, um, and I know many realtors do this and they, they do it extremely well. Um, for my business, what I do is um, at the end of each transaction, we ask our client to choose one of four charities. And at the end of the year, um, I make donations to those charities based on the ones that our clients have chosen. So I've, um, the end of this year, I will have given out over $250,000 of my commission to those four charities. Well, that's amazing. So what four charities and why those four? Uh, Make-A-Wish, and, and these are all local charities to the Richmond area. Okay. So uh, Make-A-Wish here in Greater Virginia, and I've always had a long-standing relationship with Make-A-Wish since 2000, the year 2000. And then um, Feed More, which is our big local food pantry in the Richmond area, um, the Richmond Animal League, so furry creatures are your passion, we've got you covered there. And then <clears throat> I'm the wife and daughter of veterans and daughter-in-law of veterans. So the fourth charity is the Veterans Services and Family Foundation, and they provide um, housing for homeless veterans here in Richmond, and they provide care for veterans with traumatic brain injuries. So those are the four. So there's, you know, something for everybody. If it's children or veterans or um, pets are your passion, or if it's just, you know, in general feeding, you know, food insecurity, then, you know, we've got something for everybody. Well, I, I think that's fantastic. And I like that each one of those fills a need and they're specific and local to you in your community. Right. So, I mean, there are a lot of incredible organizations out there, but when you find them locally and you can make that type of impact through your business, that says a lot about you as a person versus just having a logo or something that you might be affiliated with um, on your on a website. Well, I made some missteps with that when when I started this um, project, I let the client choose any charity at all. Okay. that was important to them. And, and the amount of money that I'm giving is anywhere from 20 to $30,000 a year, depending on the year. And so, you know, there's, there were some huge amounts that I was giving away to these charities. And some of my clients chose some charities that don't necessarily align with my values and um, and made me uncomfortable, quite frankly. And so when I started really looking in to some of these charities, I thought, oh my gosh, hmm, you know, what am I doing here? So I sort of had a little bit of a misstep at first and learned from that and decided, okay, I've, you know, this is my money that I'm I'm taking away from my family. Therefore, I need to at least feel good about you know, where the money's going. So that's how, why we specifically chose four charities in four categories 
that we felt there was something for everyone to be able to, to choose from and feel good about. I think that's incredibly okay, right? Like you, you started, you knew you wanted to give in, give back. We weren't exactly sure how, so why not get the feedback from the consumers? But I think it's okay to recognize that, unfortunately, not all charities are created equal, right? Mm -hmm. And once you did your homework, everybody goes, hey, what we're doing is no small amount of money, and I want to make sure we're affiliated with the right type of organizations that represents who you are. I think that's absolutely okay to say, these are the four, pick one. I think that's great. Awesome. And, and, and we've gotten some business from it. I mean, there are sometimes, you know, I'm sitting in a listing appointment and I talk about, you know, I always share that we have this, this program and, you know, sometimes people are trying to decide between agents and, and that's enough for them to say, wow, okay, that, you know, that, that puts you over the top. They, they know when they choose us that, that we're going to take care of them and we're going to take care of the local community too. You know, it, I think a lot of people get confused sometimes and think, well, I don't want to be known for this or known for that or come across for the wrong reasons. But I think it's absolutely okay to be like, look, a, a part of my life, part of my reasoning to be successful in business is to give back, right? It's not like I'm leveraging giving back as a vehicle to doing business, but the two are tied together. That's all right, too, right? I've met people, unfortunately, that are in things for the wrong reasons and lead with the wrong reasons. <laughs> But obviously that's not where you're coming. And so to say that you've gotten business because of your ties to the community and giving back. Mm -hmm. Sure, of course, absolutely. There's that connection. And at the same time, they're getting to give back and it's making them feel good about working with you and knowing that, hey, you know what? Not only am I working with somebody that's gonna help me get where I need to get to at the same time that I'm helping somebody through them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you, you know, when you have things like this, you should be very proud about what you're doing and, um, and, and the organizations, I mean, we've been recognized by all four organizations. They, they feel very good about, um, you know, recommending us as well. We've partnered on several um, events together with these organizations too. And this is a lot about you, too, because sometimes the other organizations don't do that. They'll, they'll thank you for your check. <laughs> but they're, again, they're local to the community and recognizing you as somebody, uh, you know, builder of the community and work, you know, recognizing and working together for them. You know, that's win. Yeah, well, I think I think when, you know, realtors in general, this is a blessed occupation. And we need to find ways to give back to the community. Um, and whatever that is, whether that's food insecurity or shelter insecurity or um, children, you know, whatever your passion is, I just think it's really important to, to align yourself with something and give back to the community. I completely agree. I mean, there's, there is no lack of need in any community. Right. And I, I saw that, you know, I was a learning experience for me. I, I, during COVID, right, I, I was in an area where I did not necessarily think that need was that dire until I found out that the schools had shut down and how many people really relied on school food. That was a very eye-opening experience for me. And I knew some friends that did some things. So you just never know what your community needs until you reach out to find out. And I think you're right. As 
realtors, as business owners in our community, that we do owe it to ourselves to find a need, right, and support that community. Because to run a business and to run a referral-based business is to be involved in the community. And that's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, kudos. And I, that's just awesome. And, and thank you for that work. Thank you. Because not everybody does it. And not everybody does it for the right reasons either. And I, 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 that's, just, that's just great. Now, I also understand that you have got a large referral base too, right? So you've got people coming and going and people coming in. So therefore, your relationship based not just with the consumers, but with other associates worldwide as well. How did that come to play? Is that from the military side of things? Or what moved that for you? Well, um, I was getting involved, I guess, on Facebook, like anybody else. This was probably about eight years ago. And I stumbled across some Keller Williams Facebook groups. And I noticed, hey, people were posting on there that they had referrals. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting and you know they would post they would have a referral in our area um and you know one or two agents would respond and i was just sort of watching to see what was happening who would respond and what would they say about themselves and then um i would notice a couple other agents would would recommend them and i thought well that that's interesting that people are recommending them how you know how's that work so I, um, what I thought, okay, well, I'm going to be purposeful about this. And I thought about what companies do we have in Richmond that um, have offices in other parts of the country? For example, we have CarMax and we have um, uh, Capital One as prime examples. And of course we have Fort Lee and we have Fort Pickett. And I thought about, all right, well, where are the destinations and places that, that people move to and fro um, between um, for these companies? And I, and I thought about where all the places I've lived all over the country. I'm originally from Maryland. So I thought, all right, I'm gonna purposefully identify some Keller Williams agents in these cities. I'm going to interview some, uh, find ones that I feel um, align with what I'm looking for, for if I sent a buyer or a seller, what, what I want in an agent. And I just started interviewing and networking at family reunion. Um, when I would go home to Baltimore to that area, or when I, um, I used to live down in Greenville, when I went to the Raleigh area, I just started interviewing agents when I would go to those places who were KW agents and I identified different agents that I felt were a very good fit and were running their business like I run mine and just started establishing some mastermind type relationships. And to this day, I mastermind with them almost every single day of the week. Um, and we um, have met each other. We go to each other's weddings and special events. Um, and we refer business to each other and that's how it all got awesome. started. And I, um, this year in 2022, I've already sent out over $120,000 in referral fees. Um, it is a huge part of my business, the referral business. 
Um, I think last year I sent out over 150, 170,000 in referral fees. So it's, um, it's a big part of my business. That's incredible. I mean, and, and here you are right? establishing a community that's afar, right? That's the nice thing about social media is that because we can be intentional and purposeful from a distance now that we couldn't do as we've let off by talking about those communities that we grew up in as in our childhoods to now social media allows us well that reach but we can still get very up close and personal at the same time well and and i kind of saw it a little bit selfishly too because these agents are doing who i have um interviewed and decided hey you know would you like to to start masterminding you know, I, I chose people who have businesses bigger than mine or are doing things that I think is way more amazing than I'm doing. And, and I'm just learning. I have learned so much from them over the last five to 10 years that I've incorporated in my business, models, systems, scripts, um, hiring practices, training, they're, the contracts they use when they hire somebody, when they fire somebody, how do they do it? What, what's their exit strategy? Just everything, every aspect of the business, I'm able to, to go to them and, and get help from them. So it's not only the referral piece, it's really like free coaching that I've been able to obtain. I was going to say that you've really done it, like, and you brought them together. So you brought your value and you recognize that, hey, and I, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't know if I call it selfish, right? I think it's incredibly smart. They, we listen to all the big thinkers and Gary and anybody else that says, you are who you surround yourself with, right? So if you were intentional and purposeful to the point that, hey, I want to go find out those that are incredibly successful in my business that aren't necessarily in my backyard. And this is why I bring table and if I have access to them to learn from them absolutely I think that's a great resource for you to say I'm not just a referral partner I'm a business partner yes yeah and some of them they're not even with KW anymore sure. they own their own company or they've gone and gone other directions but I'm still in touch with them. I still communicate with them. I still learn a great deal from them. Um, it's 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 been an amazing opportunity for me. And um, and it's as I said, it's it's been about eight years. It was probably about eight years ago that I got this this light bulb went off while looking at Facebook and wondering what the heck is this that people are doing? What what's this thing? All it takes is a moment of clarity. Right. Yes. And look, I mean, for those like everybody that's in this, this podcast is not just a KWA, right? They're, they're different walks of life. They're businesses. They're with, they're in real estate. They're not with KWA. That's okay. KW is not everywhere. We're massive, but we're not everywhere. So the referral platform is okay. <laughs> I had this conversation with, it's okay to send a referral to a non-KW agent. Why limit yourself? Right. Right. I, I have relationships with people in, in, in territories and that are or not because of the same thing you mentioned, right? There are people I know, like, and trust that I know will take care of my consumer, right? And that relationship is valuable to me, not necessarily, you know, I'm almost brand agnostic to a degree, you know, when it makes sense. So as we start to kind of wind down, I mean, you've, you've kind of done some monumental things and don't sell yourself short for say, you know, eight years and look how vast that has grown and look at the monies that you're doing through your charity your charities 
and look at the amount of families that you've helped serve. And that started because you watching your parents, your father specifically in this case, mm-hmm. working and just being himself and being real with the consumers. Yeah. And that impacted you forever. So when you look at this and you look at where you've taken it and you've put it, your spin on things. When you look back at this, as you step aside from your business at some point in time, although people say in, in Bill State, we never truly have to retire, right? But we get to do what we want. What is your legacy? What is your, What are you leaving behind? What is going to motivate you to say, look, I did that? Hmm. That's a, that's a great question. And I, I think about it more. I lost my dad a couple of years ago. So I think about it even, even more now. Um, and, and my, my business used to be called the pretty team. And I decided to rebrand the beginning of this year of the beginning of 2022. And, and I changed the name to pretty properties because I wanted a name that I could have a legacy that I could step away easily from the business and it, it still have an identity that made sense. Yes, it's my pretty is my last name. That's only a little convenient, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it works really well with property. Yes, it does. Boutique-y and, and nobody needs to know that there was somebody at some point named pretty tied to the idea of pretty property. Yeah. So I felt like, mm-hmm. That name change is a little bit easier to pass on the business um, at some point. So um, I'm heading into my late fifties now, and so I, you know, I I am thinking about what what is that legacy going to be, and how am I going to make that that transition? Um, my my kids are pretty much. Co- I have two kids in college and one in high school. And none of them have any interest in this business. So it doesn't seem I'll be passing it on to any, any family members. So um, I've actually taken some classes on how, um, how you go about um, figuring out what your business is worth and how you do sell it or pass it on. And that, and, and if, people didn't know that's out there. There there are classes you can take and it's specifically for real estate businesses. So you can figure out how to do that. Um, And that's given given me a lot of things to think about and how I would do it. Um, So my buyer's agent, she's getting ready to retire in the next couple of years. So I'm, I'm in that phase where I'm starting to think about talent and looking at talent to take her place and to begin to, to, you know, think about t- me stepping into a different role and somebody taking my place. So these are all things I'm starting to think about, actually. So I guess I would say my first step is is the talent hunt. Um, I don't know that I answered your question. I I guess my legacy would be to that pretty properties still exist, you know, 10 to 20 years from now. And, and there's still a strong commitment to the community and, and giving back and um, being very referral based and, and helping families out when we hear a call or a need in our community. No, I, I think that's okay to say that, you know, in that legacy of pretty properties and the relationships in the community and the charter organization. Associate, that us all tie together. 
right? That, that makes sense to keep that moving forward, that it just doesn't stop because you decide to go kick it on a beach somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. I've had more and more of these consults and conversations with agents. Now, we're fortunate. We're, we're an organization where we, we start to have, have these types of conversations. I just met somebody recently who's in that phase of retirement, and they're coming from a place that it's foreign to them or anybody else in their organization because they don't know how to help them. So now that you know that, hey, not only is this encouraged by we teaching you how to build your businesses, right? But now you've gone out on your and said, hey, there's actually strategic, and if you were to share what it is, that's okay. Strategic classes that you can take and say, here's how I'm getting prepared to pass that along, right? And having the conversations or maybe, maybe that's a whole nother thing for you is that there's a generation of us that are in our fifties now that are going, Hey, you know, I need to start thinking about this too. Well, and that that's a big passion of mine and something that I often talk about in our market center and, and on our ALC that, that I'm very involved in and thinking about is wealth building and helping realtors really plan for retirement, because I think that's the one thing realtors forget about. They forget about funding their 401k and they forget about um, how they go about and retire and taking advantage of the wonderful passive income opportunities that a Keller Williams um, type of uh, franchise, you know, type of business gives yeah. you. So I, I'm really following Gary Keller and trying to, to identify and get those seven streams of passive income. I think I'm at five now. So I'm, I'm trying to identify one or two more so I can get to that comfortable place to be able to step from the business. Well, and, maybe it's and, a coaching opportunity for you to build your own coaching business of trend, helping agents transition out of their business. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely a passion of mine because I it makes me sad. It's one thing if you're in your 80s and you choose to continue to sell real estate, it's another thing when you, you're you doing it and it's not by choice. So um, it's definitely a passion for, for me to help realtors get there so that they can enjoy life, yeah. Oh, I, I think that's awesome. And I think that is a legacy too, right? So- I'm glad we found that. I'm glad we found each other and the talk. And, and shout out to Kate Patkin for saying, hey, I need you to talk to Beth because Beth has got it going on. So thanks oh, to Kate. So sweet. Well, I have, a po- I have a podcast called- Oh, well, hey, tout it up. Let's go. Let's hear all about it. What's it about? Well, it's brand new. So we haven't, okay. we haven't dropped our first, we have five episodes coming. It'll, it'll start, it'll be dropping in January. It's called Talk Pretty Real Estate Podcast. Okay. And Kate was one of my guests on there. And um, in fact, she's talking all about how to get into real estate and how to get your license and choose your brokerage. So our podcast is all about um, being a realtor and we're going to be talking with spouses of realtors and children of realtors uh, to give you some tips. Yep, to give you tips on how to manage being a realtor and having kids and having a spouse and what that looks like and how to get into the business and, and all that. So well, what's what, how do we find it when, when it comes live in January? You said, is it on Apple? Is it on Spotify? Is it on YouTube? Yep. It'll be all on the all, above. all the above. Yes. Talk pretty. All right. Well, I'm going to have to add it to my list and get notified when that drops. Yes, that'll be in January. Talk Pretty Real Estate Podcast. 
talk ready pre all right well fantastic well listen back I really appreciate your time today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm going to be down in your, your area sooner, first quarter. So I look forward to kind of connecting with you face to face. But thanks for all, all that you're doing. Thanks for the charities works that you're doing. Thanks for the legacy that you are leaving behind. And thank you for joining me on Entrepreneurial Impact. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity. And uh, I wish everybody a happy holiday season. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you soon.